Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Our partners, partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find out the latest news, sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite bet, Vegas Casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up and use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% discount. Welcome bonus of the first deposit. Bet online for the game starts. Welcome back. Welcome back to An Athlete's Journey. I am your host, Travis Reed on the Believe Network. I want to say I got a special guest today, everybody. Somebody I grew up with. I've been known since I was, I don't know, like 12, 13 years old, something like that. We've been knowing each other for a long, long time. Another one of those, like I said, California ballers. There's so many of us. I can't even interview how many people I did in California. There's so many ballers that didn't did it. <laughs> Out of that group, out of that 90s, 80s babies group. So, you know, this is a person that I said I, I've been a friend with for a long time, been a good dude for a long time. He is a coach slash male model uh, for the ladies out there. <laughs> Look at his Facebook page, you realize what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But introduce yourself to everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh... Like you said, man, I've been knowing Trav for pretty much since about middle school, man. Uh, 12, 13 years old. Man, that's, uh, that's a pretty long time, man. I remember Kenny. <laughs> Kenny was, 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 was that, that thing that brought us together. Uh, yeah, my mm-hmm. name is Ivan Garner. Uh, I coach. I'm a, one of the assistant coaches at Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Brentwood School. Um, See, to get it right, CIM champion. Brentwood High School. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We we actually was fortunate enough to bring uh two back to back titles mm-hmm, to to, mm-hmm. to the school. So you know now we got some history. We got some stain. <laughs> <laughs> agreed. Agreed. And like I said, I just want to say to everybody, like I said, we've been knowing, like we didn't been through the mud together, played against each other in high school. You know, I like I said, I've been knowing him for a really really long time. He's actually really good friends with my big bro Charles Williams. 
Um, so like they were, they both male models. They both do all this weird <laughs> stuff to, you know, like to work out and stuff. And, you know, if y'all look at this, trust me, when he gives his page out, scroll through his stories. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for the ladies, yeah, y'all go ahead and look at that. Y'all might like that, you know? Yeah, uh, no, yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> I, I just, you know, man, I just try to, try to set an example, man, of, of, fitness health our health i believe our health is our wealth you know uh, everyone's out here striving for the bag and i think that they're forsaking their own selves their bodies and uh like i was telling you when i just saw you you know we we do so much working out and grinding in our prime the prime of our lives is most of the athletes when they're done with basketball they finish they stop working out and then their body start to deteriorate degrade and so you know when I was playing, I made the connection of how important it is for me to, to allow me to uh, continue to have opportunity of playing the game at the highest level, but it also benefited me in life. And so that's something that I wanted to maintain an edge on, you know, so I, mm -hmm. I, I continued the regimen even after I was done playing competitively. And so that's kind of why it's, it's a gift, you know, to, to be able to have a body that actually someone, you know, you know, actually looks at like, okay, that's cool. Um, but you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's part of the healthy mindset as well. So, you know, if that comes with it, then, you know, I'll take it, you know, I'll wear that badge. I wear that crown proudly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes sense. Like I said, you know, like that's a good thing. I mean, nowadays, especially nowadays, like you said, when you get older, I think what happens with athletes, this is just me, my opinion, like, We've been working out so hard, like you said, for most of our lives that when we chill, we like, now I get to chill? <laughs> I, you know, now I'm just chilling, you know? And we chill out and then, you know, we still do the same things we did while we were working out every day or five days a week, six days a week. And your body's like, it's taking in more than it's giving out. And that's how you, like you said, like people deteriorate, things like that. Uh, for me, you know, like I got that way out of like a lot of different things, some of a depression, some of because of the situation. But, um, you know, when I kind of got back into that working out and trying to change the way I eat and all that stuff, because for me, you know, my family, my mom, you know, uh, God rest her soul was a diabetic, you know, so like I saw the way how she had to take insulin shots and to go to dialysis. And I was like, I didn't want that for my, you know, later on in life so i was like let me get back in some shape um so i can you know at least maintain maintain you know it's more maintaining rather than playing you know like being like tip top but just maintaining a decent shape you know man that diabetes is for real man and you know that runs rapid in, in the uh, melanated community mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and it doesn't help that the western diet provides nothing but sugar uh, options or sugar ingredients into most of our foods. And so, you know, man, that, that, that right there, you know, I, I know I got some of my family members that got diabetes, man. And so it's probably within my same DNA as well. And that's another reason why, why I do what I do in terms of, you know, prioritizing the healthy mindset, because that ain't no joke. No, you know, agree. agree. Taking people out, man. And, and it's crazy when to know that, all right, it, it take us out, but it could be reversed or it could be cured. Like 
that's the part that we not ever informed on and we're not told we're only told the negative consequences of our actions we're not told that there's a resolve or there you know we can fix and heal things mm-hmm. you know and and when we understand that then you know it's about us just taking our own power agreed agreed that's a hundred percent that's a hundred percent well all right, man let's let's get right into it you know, uh, we educated people about health and wealth, and y'all need to work out getting that gym. <laughs> you know, so let's get right into your journey. How did your uh, basketball journey start? Damn. The basketball journey started one day with, uh, um, dang, when I was probably like four or five years old, when my parents were still together, for the short time they were together, I remember... Uh, watching the Lakers. My dad turned on the TV and turned on the Showtime Lakers. Magic Johnson, Kareem, Worthy, and them. And when I saw them, I fell in love. And I remember planning, my dad signed me up for a league, a partner rec league, uh, which went pretty good. And they locked, coming up on my birthday, my parents locked me in the house and they bought me a basketball court you know what I'm saying? You had to put up on the back of the garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I was like, damn, the hell y'all got me locked in. I can't go outside, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when they finally let me out and I realized what they was doing and, you know, it was kind of like, oh, wow, this is exactly what I wanted. Like, perfect. And, you know, that's I just began spending countless hours in the back, you know, at night with the light on shooting and, and doing different things, um, you know, and happened to be playing for Audubon. I went to Audubon Middle School. And I remember I, I remember Audubon. Yeah, a lot of people went there. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, we was playing in, was it Darby Park, I believe, some tournament up there. And man, it was one of those games where, you know what I'm saying, I might have had like four or five, maybe six threes. You know what I'm saying? And just so happened, a coach in the, happened to be in the stands named Tiny. <laughs> Tiny and Al, you remember Al? Yeah, I remember Al. Yeah, and they was in they was in the stands watching. You know, they came up and approached me after the game. You know, like you're shooting some, blah blah blah. You know, who you play for the whole nine, and uh, they invited me to to the program, and you know, that was pretty much where I began to 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 see the difference in the levels and talent, what it really takes to be good. And, and I believe that's when my journey really begins, uh, coming into the candy program. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Were you interested in any other sports growing up? Uh, football. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, I like football. Uh, I think that was probably the only sport I was really into. And, um, I had been asking my parents, you know, sign me up, let me play pop Warner, pop Warner. And I finally assigned up. It was funny. And I br- <laughs> I'm playing football in the streets with the homies, and I get hit by a car, break my ankle. Oh man! And, and so I, I I broke my ankle like right before the season, so I didn't get a chance to play football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when I healed, you know, I was all about trying to get back in the best basketball shape, and uh, football kind of was in the in the in the back burner, like in the way back in the, in the basement. And I never really thought about it until I got to high school. When I got to high school, I wanted to play football. But I remember my coach, Coach Katani, I was at Fairfax, and he was just telling me, like, why would you do that? Right. right? You on pace to, to earn a college scholarship, get your whole, you know, college paid for for free. Like, 
football, you one play away. And I was like, one play away from what? He's like, from getting hurt or your career being over. And I looked at him and I was like, damn, you know, it makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe I maybe I'll just I'll stall on the football uh, aspirations and yeah, man, it's just been basketball full throttle ever since. Uh, I got you. So obviously you played with you know with Tiny and Caney uh, Bulls for a minute, and that was like your AAU experience. Did you want to ever play for like you know like Slamming Jam, ARC, K Swiss? You know, do you ever want to play with those teams, or was Caney just the only team that you was gonna rock with? Well, uh. Let's just say when I got into the game, I was I was kind of a new booty, so I didn't really understand the landscape of travel basketball right away, per se. But once I started understanding that there was other groups and organizations out there doing it at different levels, um, I never had an aspiration to play for another group or another team, although it, it seemed tempting because, you know, you had K-Swiss out there, uh, you had SCA, you had PTI, all these groups, they was getting a sponsorship, yeah. which meant that the, the players was getting free kicks and free gear and all this and that, right? Not paying for the trip. So that part was alluring. And for that, yes, I did want to play for uh, a different group. But I, had, I was one of those players that was, uh, when I first got in the game, I was, I had to work. I had to grind because I wasn't a, uh, one of the creme de la creme in terms of uh, talent, so to speak. Uh, I was athletic and I had tools, but I had to put the tools together, mm-hmm. you know, early on. And so that probably limited my ability of going out there and playing with other uh, organizations. But are you mentioned loyalty. And I remember at a point I did feel like I was loyal to the program, Candy. And uh, Tiny had got the opportunity to coach with Crenshaw High School. Mm-hmm. Right? So he was doing, I believe, the JVs. Yeah, and he was training yeah. and working them out. And what began to happen was as I was in middle school, getting ready to transition to high school, it was almost expected for me to follow that path because I was in the program. And I always tell my kids now, let he who have eyes see clearly. You know, one thing that I could see at that time at at Crenshaw High School, it was overloaded with talent. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. <laughs> I mean, y'all, y'all had 15 to damn near 20, I say 18 easy, deep of dudes that could go anywhere else in the city and start, you know what I'm saying? And, or get big time minutes. And so Tiny started basically flooding everyone from our program to, to Crenshaw. And when I started seeing the writing on the wall for where I was as a player, you know, I wanted more of an opportunity. And so I decided to break the path and Mm -hmm. go to a different high school than that, which I was being influenced to go to. And I think that right there kind of, kind of uh, ruffled some feathers, you know, at the time within with tiny and people and organizations as if I wasn't loyal to the program. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we had a little back and forth right there, but that was pretty much the best decision for me in terms of breaking away from KE uh, when it was come time for high school. Um, but KE was the only program. Well, no, I played for ARC. Actually, I went to Vegas with ARC uh, on a team with Steve Bacon. Them. Uh, the coach, you know, 
coach the ball brothers. Uh, but pretty much KE was like the the main program to ever play for. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say there was a degree of loyalty. Uh, but like I explained, you know, at a point in time, you had, when you got to make a decision that's best for you, you know, you got to break left. Oh, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think, uh, you know, like like you said, Crenshaw was an um, abundance of talent. Like, and I, I still say this to this day, and I was talking to Reggie McFerrin about, you know, I talked to Reggie like a couple of weeks ago, and I told him, he's like, we were the only school that lost two NBA players, mm-hmm. Paul Pierce, Jacques Vaughn. They both went to Crenshaw, left Crenshaw. You know, and still Crenshaw kept rolling. You know, I was like, imagine if Paul Pierce would have been, you know, with Rain and Chris and Reggie McFerrin and all them. That would have been stupid. <laughs> Y'all to mess around and fuck around and got another world. Champion. Yeah, you know I'm saying, like, and before that, I was like, dude, like, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Paul was at Crenshaw going to Crenshaw, but it was like it was. I think they was either gonna put him on JV or he was gonna like come off the bench and not really play that much or something. And so he left and went to Inglewood. But I was like, man. And then Jacques Vaughn was there and left too. So. Both two NBA vets, Paul Hall of Famer, was at Crenshaw during that time, and then Crenshaw lost him. Still, just state, state, city, state. So yeah, that's a testament to how deep and how talented y'all was. Fucking Paul Pierce, you telling Paul Pierce, yo, I don't know, if we got room for you. You gonna might have to play JV or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was either I don't know the full story, but it was something like that. Like he was gonna either come off, he wasn't gonna start. He's coming off the bench. Like, he was going to be, like, eighth, ninth man or something on that team. And so I was just like, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. You know, and the same with Jack Vaughn. I was just like, yo, Paul Pierce Hall of Famer, Jack Vaughn, playing the NBA 15 years or whatever it was. Crenshaw still all that. You know, I remember when we tried out, like, when he had trials, the gym was full of players, like 400 players that wouldn't try for JV, varsity, Bs, and Cs, because they had Bs and Cs back then. Yeah. (laughs) Like it was a bleachers full. Like imagine the bleachers all full of kids. And then the other side, it was bleachers all full of scouts. So like Lou Olson, Jim Herrick, you know, Roy Williams, you know, Rick Patino. I mean, it was the who's who Hmm. of college basketball. That's when I saw him the first time. The first time I saw uh, Lou Olson was at the Crenshaw gym. Oh. Okay, damn, what just happened to my thing? Oh, you good, you good. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, um, that's probably what happened when you got a call, when you get a call that does that, so. But then, um, what would you say, like, you obviously went to Fairfax, right? Did you go to Fairfax yeah. all four years? No. So, um, when I was going into high school, I was going, I was during that time of when uh, California made the transition for ninth grade to become high school. So, I stayed junior high. Stayed at Audubon for my ninth grade year. And then I went to Venice High for my 10th grade year. Okay. And, uh, you know, one of my mentors at the time, you know, you remember Big Kev, Kevin? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, he was like, man, you know, you get opportunity to play here, you know, a lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not having to fight for a jersey, shit, just to be sit on the bench. And um, so I ended up going to Venice. Played over there with uh, Rashid Hazard, uh, 
Uh, was Derek over there? Derek, my boy D.A. You remember D.A., Swoop, and Lil Chuck? No, yeah, I remember Venice. Venice was good. Yeah, we we was we all went over there that year. That was we all went at the same time, so it was kind of like a little collabo thing. Me, Derek, me, Da, and Swoop play varsity. Little mm-hmm. Chuck was on JV. Um, but yeah, I played that year. You know what I'm saying? We we had a really good year. Venice, you know, we brought them back to some prominence, and then uh, I remember. My mentor was like, yo, if you're serious about getting to college, like really getting that 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 D1 chip, uh, you need to go to Fairfax. That's where they that's where they putting them out at. And uh, so, you know, because I had all this connection and tied to my boys, and you know, I had played my sophomore year, but I didn't start, but I was gonna start my junior year, mm-hmm. you know, so everything mm-hmm. was coming into place. And um when he tells me this, I'm like, yo, well, I really want to get to college. Like, that's what I'm doing all of this for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to play. And so I go and I visit. I told him I'd visit. I wasn't going to make no promises. So I went over there. I, I took the visit, went, met with Katani, looked at the campus. And all I could remember was when I, we, we talking to Katani and he's telling me, man, you ain't going, I ain't going to promise you nothing. I ain't guaranteeing you nothing. And I was like, yo, that's good. That's cool. I've been fighting for everything in my life, all my life. So mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, nothing. Mm-hmm. But when I opened the doors to the gym and saw the practice, how it was running like a well-oiled machine, the organization, the detail. Now, he was talking to me. So that means practice was running on his own. <laughs> <laughs> the, yep. the leaders that he had there, Dwayne Davises, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh uh the Jair phrase and all we had a senior heavy group so it was a lot of leadership there and a lot mm-hmm. of accountability so I, I had a chance to see that and when I saw that work it reminded me of like candy practices mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I said oh yeah this is where I need to be this mm-hmm. is where I need to be I said coach man hey just show me where I need to sign whatever it is and it's everything I'll take care of everything else Right. And uh you like I said, everything else was history. No, from there, that, make, <laughs> that makes sense, bro. Like I said, Fairfax obviously, you know, is one of the you know the best big name schools of the city. Um, and so like, you know, I was kind of shocked, you know, that you went to Fairfax me personally, because I was like, I thought, okay, well, you left Venice, and uh, he gotta be going to Shaw. He gotta huh. be going to Shaw, you know, with everybody else. You know what I'm saying? So when he went to when he went to Fairfax, okay, okay, I've I've been doing his own path. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Away I, I from think everybody. That's pretty else. much what it was too. You know, I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was trying to create my own path uh, of doing things and not doing it the typical way. That I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to the shot at the time, but I had to be real with myself too. I wasn't. I was good, but I wasn't like one of the elite at the time. And I felt like Crenshaw talent was, was elite, you know, in terms of not just being so deep, but actually being good. Yeah. Well, no, they was, that's how they, people don't know the secret sauce of Crenshaw at that time was they just, they weigh you out. They bring in body after body after body after body and the drop off ain't, there's no drop off, you know? Yes. Um, You know, <laughs> yeah, there was no drop off from I always say this, like my freshman year, our second team probably could have won city, you know. Um, 
maybe not one state, we probably wouldn't have won state, but we would have won city, you know? And like I said, that's how the talent level was so waves and waves and waves of players. That's how they win all the time. That's how they won all the time back then. Hey, that's how. That's exactly how y'all wore us down in the, in the city championship when we played y'all. So that, and see, going to Fairfax ended up being one of the best moves, not only for uh, getting a scally, but making it to the city championship and getting a chance to play you guys on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. And witnessing mm-hmm. that, how, uh, man, y'all would just sub in fives. Fresh <laughs> 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 fucking bodies, bro. <laughs> we, we got an eight-man rotation, and our fucking number two score get hurt three minutes in the game. So it's like, oh, man. But, <laughs> hey, to, to, to y'all credit, I, yes, y'all definitely wore them down, wear your opponents down. Uh, we was fortunate enough to only lose that game by two. You know, I, I credit that to just the toughness and, and the discipline and detail that was being implemented at the facts that counteracted y'all fucking conditioning and, <laughs> and depth. Oh, my God. No, definitely, man. Like I said, Crenshaw practices were like college college practices, yo. Like I just remember like running so many, so many suicides and seventeens. Like I didn't think that nobody was, nobody was conditioned like us. Nobody. It wasn't. And, it's know. colleges. It wasn't. In, look, I ain't. You know, I ain't gonna even shit on on my school like that, but. Yeah, I know there's some programs out there. Coaches ain't wasn't getting it in like how y'all oh, was getting no, it. No, no, no. I said like it was Crenshaw, you was gonna you it was, it was gonna just like I said, wear you out because pressing the whole game and, and it's non-stop, you know, it just it just wears you out. So like they had to, we had to be in that condition where, you know, like we can do this all day, you know, to run up and down all day. So it didn't it didn't matter, you know, who we played. If you want to run with us, cool. If you want to try to slow it down, we're going to speed you up. <laughs> we're going to make it. You gonna, we're going to make it like, oh, it's going to be a track meet, you know. Um, but what would you say, you know, your most memorable moment in high school was? Ah, most memorable moment. Most memorable moment probably was the moment that uh, the day that I signed the scholarship that I, that I signed, you know, uh, committing myself to division one basketball because it, it felt like everything culminated for to that moment. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. finally reached, you know, the goal that I've been striving for, uh, you know, having the coach come in into the house and visit, talk with the parents, like that whole nine right there. Because like I told you, remember, I wasn't the best. I had to work to become, to, to, to gain the respect and to, to have a level of a uh, stain to be able to run with the elite. So I had to work my way up. So to, to get to that point to where you didn't have colleges, you know, courting you and coming after you and want you to, they want to basically give you six figures to come represent them. I think that for me, more than any shot I ever made or any accolade I ever won at high school, that was the best feeling for me because that's what it was all about. No, definitely, bro. Like when you signed those, Division one papers, man, you feel like you didn't like you feel like you made it, you know. Like I I'm going to college, you know. Yeah. And you just be like, yes, man. Like I didn't pass the SAT. I didn't everything is all good. I'm signing my division one papers. You're like, oh, I remember my dad, he he just did this. 
Oh, okay. Now I got your butt to college. All right, good. <laughs> like, dang, you know, there was some, he said, it was some, it was some hard spots there, boy. But, you know, you made it. Because <laughs> a lot of us, man, if we don't get that, a lot of us ain't getting to college. Exactly. You know, know exactly, we got money to bro. Look, everybody talk about Crenshaw, right? As the but, greatest California dynasty in history, California sports, whatever. A lot of them who should have went to college didn't go. Some did. You know, but a lot didn't. Right. You know, so not as many as it should. Crenshaw should have had at least seven dudes every year go to D1. Amen. But it wasn't that. That wasn't the case, you know, because it was ball and school was in this bar that they needed help that some got, some didn't, you know. Hey man, y'all, y'all had real authentic urban street dudes. <laughs> like they really, really good at basketball. But they they good at other things too. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's like, yo, why I'ma stop give up everything for this brown ball when you know I'm getting money, I'm involved in, you know, I got a lifestyle that shoot. It's, it 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 was very, very they probably thought it was nutritious for them at the time. But you know, a lot of talent, dudes like Ronnie Arch. God rest his soul, man. He was one of the, man, people don't realize that dude, he could have probably went pro in baseball. Like, people talk about his basketball. He was like a 6'5 pitcher. Like, oh, you know, Randy, yeah, he pitched. Like, Randy Johnson had like a 99 to 95 cannon. He had a cannon foreign on. Damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, he was really good in baseball. Like, really good. If he would have played, continued to play, he probably would have got drafted for sure in baseball, because he was nice, super nice, you know? Like, Kershaw, like I said, had, like I said, legends, you know, like, so many of them that I just, you know, like, for me, it was, like, you know, it, you know, it was just, like, I, I feel bad sometimes uh, because, like, all of them should have went, but, like, obviously most didn't, so. So, you know that? I was going to say, so back to you, bro. Okay. All right. Um... So you signed to go to college. What college did you go to? I uh, went to Portland State University. Okay. Who was the coach? At the time, it was uh, Richie McKay, who happened to be the youngest uh, black head coach in the nation at that time, 96. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So I was pretty you, excited about that. Um, yeah, right, right. I was going to ask you, what do you remember about your first year in college? Well, that thing was a roller coaster. <laughs> of course. Um, damn. You know, I, I got this label for being like the wild, crazy guy because I was from L.A. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. You know, I don't know how I earned that. You know, I'm, just a, <laughs> I'm just a humble young dude. Just hey, hey, hey we, we ain't going to talk about how you earned it. You know, you probably earned it. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. It's okay. Um. Man, one of one of my it, my my freshman year was so up and down. I um I, I came out the beginning of the season. You know when you're doing um you're playing those uh, exhibition teams, coming out in the beginning thinking that I had earned, if not a starting spot, at least a spot in the rotation. And I remember I didn't play like the first three or four games, and so my I was like I'm sitting on that bench hurt heart just like dropped like what the hell is going on right 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 um 
the very first game, our official first game was against Ole Miss. I remember Ansu Cisse was on that team. Um, I remember him playing the NBA. Yep, yep. And we went to, we went to, man, we went to war with those dudes. We had beat, we were up one. Paying down debt like three seconds stressful, left. Especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're tired of juggling these due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer. That way, you'll just have one due date a month instead of many. And Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offices that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you chances of approval, show you choice between loan officers. You're likely to get approved, you're likely not to get approved. To apply with more confidence. Comparing loan officers on Credit Karma is 100% free. Won't affect your credit scores. It could save you money. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan officers to find you the best loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan officers. Creditkarma, apply with more confidence today. They get the ball inbounds and his dude, the point guard dribbles three-quarter court and shoots a ball just past half court after the light, after the buzzer, they count it anyway. So I remember our season started off like that. We played our exhibition games, and in the first game that counted, we lose a, a, a buzzer beater to SEC team. But I didn't play at all, and I was like, okay, whatever. Second game, we play you, uh, Tulane, Gerald Honeycutt. I know you remember him. Yeah, no, he was nice too. Don't get no tick in that that game so i'm just like damn coach must think i'm ass or something like the <laughs> we get up to Duh. third game i made it play like four minutes in that game y'all didn't even get a chance to fuck up like that's i'm like yo what the hell is going on here man and the fifth game wait that was one two the fifth game was against university of portland our okay. our crosstown rivals mm-hmm and I remember distinctively uh, sitting on the bench, like, like, well, I'm not in the game. And the guards from University of Portland, they was talking so much shit. They was like, oh, oh, let me guard the ball. Let me guard the ball. No, no, no. I got him. I got him. Because we was having a hard time getting the ball across half court into our right. offense. They was pressuring the shit out of our guards. And so he finally sells me in the game. As soon as he put me in the game, we started getting across cross half court we started getting into our shit all of a sudden we got some poise so that was my opportunity i started the second half and then that game led to me starting against oregon state uh came out had a pretty good game against uh that point guard carson cunningham uh i think i only had like nine six nine point six uh six assists like four or five rebounds but you know against a pac-12 opponent very like feet touching the ground. I was like, okay, you know, and finally showing the coach, like, man, you've been having me over here all this time. After that game, I get busted at a bar using a fake ID. Now 
I, I just climbed the totem pole to get to the starting spot and then have it snatched from me. Now I'm back in the doghouse. Right, 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 right. You know, so it was crazy because I had worked worked to, to get to that point and then, uh, you know, do something stupid myself to to then set me back. Uh, but that right there, you know, obviously by closer towards the end of the season, I ended up working my way back into uh, a, a starting position. But it was just, uh, man, it was really up and down to where, you know, I had to learn things about consistency and how to conduct myself off the floor and I had to grow as a person, as a, as a man, stop doing little kitty shit, mm -hmm. you know, like getting popped. Not, I didn't just get popped at a bar. I got popped at our campus bar. So, you know, it's like I was doing stuff like that to make it easy for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I'm not even gonna get popped at like the, the outer, outer, you know, out of city bar. I'm gonna get popped at the bar around the corner from the school. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I'm thinking I I wear a a, a a a vest of protection, like you know, I'm this athlete. It's supposed to be all good, but apparently that wasn't the case. You know, hey. and, but those are the things that you learn and you grow from. No, I definitely agree with you on that, man. You know, I ain't gonna say what happened when we were at UCLA. But we had some good times, um, you know, so I, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> hey, your boy, you, you're right. I get you. you. Your boy Moose alluded to a couple of things, but he, you know. He yeah, yeah, so I said, so we done had some fun. <laughs> we done had some fun, but I, you know, I ain't going to leave very on that. <laughs> I hey, plead I the fifth. <laughs> but um, what would you say the hardest thing, uh, the, the hardest difference between college and high school? Oh, man, um, the hardest thing between you have to be self-disciplined. Yes, yes. And self-motivated. Like, yes. you know, in college, uh, so in high school, I, I had this thing because I was the man and all this and that. Like, I would come to classes late and kind of walk in, just, you know, just feeling myself. Mm -hmm. like my, mm -hmm. my reputation precedes me and when i got to college i realized that no no one no one really give a fuck like you that's can come true. in late you can be on time as long as you handle your business that's all they care about mm -hmm. yep. and you know I, I that's i was carrying that young mentality so i would come to class late you know and uh thinking that oh, I'm, just, I'm i'm on the basketball team they ain't gonna be tripping anything they're gonna be showing me love and helping me and so when I one teacher gave me a reality check when I when the, uh, got my first report card and got that D and was like, oh, this thing ain't no game. And obviously, if you ain't eligible, you can't play. So I wasn't trying to mess around with that. And so, you know, one of my teachers, my professors kind of snapped me back into reality real quick. Uh, let me know that I got to be on point. You know, I got to mm -hmm. I can't be taking this thing lightly. Uh, but other than that. <laughs> shit like i you know what the conditioning is a huge it's the next level oh of it, course of course i i just think like you know college for me college was like just a deal like you said just a different kind of level of everything because like freedom like you said is a, could be great it also could be terrible so my yeah. first my freshman year summer school i struggled you know like struggle big you know that's why i'm kind of glad 
I went to summer school just to get a taste of what regular school was going to be like. And so like, man, it was, you know, like we was, you know, I was just, you know, like up all night just to be up all night for no damn reason at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just, just kicking it, talking to people all night, not even doing nothing stupid, but just being up (laughs) all night, just to be up all night, you know, just because I can stay up. I don't have to go to bed. Like, I don't have my dad, you know, whatever, like go to bed or whatever, turn the lights out. You know, um, and, now and it's, when you wake up the next day, dragging in practice, you know, after so many of those, you, you start like, man, hold up. Yeah. No, like for me, it was like a situation I was going against, you know, this is my opinion, J.R. Henderson, who was the best power forward in the country. Obviously, Antoine Jameson was the number one dude or whatever, but I was like, J.R. was better than him. Um, and so, like, he would destroy me. And, <laughs> and I, you know, like he would destroy me and then I have to go against Chris. Chris Johnson, shout out to Big Chris, and then he would go at my head, and then he would talk shit along with going at my head. Like, come on, Travis. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, damn. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired. I'm I'm exhausted. You know, and he going at my head, JR going at my head, Jelani going at my head. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> so yeah, I had to definitely kind of rearrange my life and kind of get, you know, better, you know, to get better. Um you know, you spent four years at obviously Portland State. So what would you say your greatest triumph in college was and your greatest failure? Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> we ask these real questions here, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> I, I, I see, man. You you make your boy really. I, I wish I would have had that written down, had time to think about that. Right there. <laughs> no, we, we want real answers, real just. Off the cuff. I think um, my greatest triumph in college. Greatest triumph. I know. We can come back to it. You can say your greatest failure first if you want. I think. I think my greatest failure was was doing that stupid ass shit, getting busted at the campus bar, right when I was trending, when I was on the ascension path and doing some dumb stuff that, that totally changed the whole trajectory of my college, my college experience in terms of playing anyway. Because okay. you know how that, when you make a mistake of that gratitude and coaches try to discipline you, you know how those things kind of, they tend to hold on to those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know they do, they do, they do. They they forgive you, but they never forget. Exactly, and, and it's funny because by the time I thought that I was probably getting over that, or he was getting over that, Coach McKay, my sophomore year, then he leaves, and so then I gotta I gotta go through a whole new regime. It's kind of like starting from scratch, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I think really one of my biggest triumphs in Division One basketball in college period was finishing at the same place. I wanted to leave. I had I had thoughts of doubt. I had thoughts of anger. I had thoughts and desires of just wanting to leave and get to a new environment like you see live and well today with the portal. <laughs> if people get experienced coaches or things that, that don't go their way, the first thing they want to do is leave. And, oh yeah. yeah. And I think that by me 
working through my issues and not having that initial thought. Like I was talking to coaches and everything, but deciding to actually stick through it, even though it was going to be tough, you know, I learned something about myself that can never be taken. You know, the toughness and the perseverance that's within me uh, to actually start from scratch, go back to the bottom of the totem pole and work your way back up. Um, and by the time it was all said and done, you know, it was eventually starting with a full-time starter. And so it was one of those things where if I would have left, not knowing that if I didn't deal with my issues, I would have been bringing that shit to somewhere else and then probably been still pointing fingers at other people and other coaches and looking at them like it's their fault instead of me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been how to scripted it, but having gone through it and looking back, man, it, it helped me grow as a person so much. And so when I look at the, at the landscape now and see players – how quick they are to want to leave if the coaches don't, you know, succumb to their whims or if they're too hard on them or if they're not playing what they think they should be playing, you know. Uh, sometimes it's, it's valid and warranted and some, most of the time I feel like it's not. And so I think the, the, the toughest thing that I got from college experience in Division One basketball was actually finishing it through at the same spot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Getting a degree at the end of the day, getting what it was supposed to get. Uh, and, you know, the still having basketball opportunities afterwards, which, you know, we all think like everything that we do for this thing is going to affect our ability to play here or to get an opportunity there. You know, when you do the things the right way, things always work out for you. Agree. Like I said, I think nowadays, Uh, With the transfer portal, like you said, like, I think it's more, it's a little bit more AAU type, you know, like where you just kind (laughs) of go from team to team to team where like, you can like, all right, I ain't playing here. All right, I'm out, you know, all right, I ain't playing here. Oh, I'm out. You know, I think, um, you know, with that and NIL money and things like that, um, I, I, I do really think that like, it's just a different, it's like, you know, I'm not saying the wild, wild west, but in a way, it's, it's really AAU basketball type of stuff because, you know, let's just say, you know, let's just say Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like they obviously were the top program, so they recruit, 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 recruit every year, top players. Some of the top players be at bouncing because the, uh, the new top players coming in, he's better. So it's like, you know, it's just a never reoccurring thing of like dudes come back, lose, leave. It's, it's, it's a situation where like, there ain't no more like as much competing. Like, no, I, I'm going to stay. I think for my in my situation, I just felt like I, I felt I was going to just be better somewhere else. But like, yeah, at least I stayed two years. You know, everything is different for everybody. Everyone. Um, for for you, you mentioned it's more like a AAU type structure. Yeah. Think about that though. We do everything we do to sacrifice to try to get here and then we're so quick to give it up if some things don't kind of go our way you know what i mean and each like i said each player is different each situation is different so it's not to say that because if someone leaves you know they doing something wrong or they just quick to jump ship or whatever um but i just know that we definitely see a lot of that and especially in today's era and then when I see how a lot of these kids are coached, 
or maybe I should say not coached, no foundations <laughs> up under them. You know, maybe they got family issues, so the, the, the family unit is broken up, so maybe they ain't being taught certain things. So they don't have these tools on their belt to try to work things out before they want to just get something different. And that's cool, you know? It, to each they own, man. I just, at the end of the day, I want everyone to get what they supposed to get. Like, don't don't go through all this stuff, this, this sacrifice and the blood and the sweat, you know, the lifting, the waking up early, pouring ourselves to all these programs and exploiting ourselves to not, to walk away from that thing without the paper, without yeah. the scholarship, I mean, without the diploma. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. everything else that come with that is just icing on the cake. Agree. Agree with you on that, brother. Um, it, would you say that's the biggest lesson you learned in, in college was like, make sure you don't, you don't get pimped. You pimp the school. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, I, I came in with that mindset, like, because it was, I had to take everything that I wanted or that I was trying to get before that. So mm-hmm. I came up there with that same mindset, like whatever happens at the end of this thing, I'm going to get my diploma, whether do it in four, do it in five, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That to me was the most important thing besides basketball. No, nah, that makes sense, bro. You know, uh, it's easy to get sidetracked, man. Look, I went to Portland State and, li- and lived a, had a hell of a time, man. I lived a life that most humans, you know, couldn't fathom. And right. I can only imagine, you know, it's levels to this shit. So, you know, being at a, at a Pac-10 like UCLA and getting that experience, it, you know, it's kind of like how they separate. You go to Vegas, you be on the gold level, you know what I'm saying? You on the platinum level or you on the VIP, you know what I'm saying? Like, they all good, <laughs> but each one gets, it gets just a little bit better. Yeah, 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 I got you. <laughs> I got you. So, so, man, that to me, it, there's nothing better than, than having that experience. So, I forgot what was the question. <laughs> well, you answered it pretty much. You good, okay. Ivan, man. So after after your four years in college, do you try to play professional anywhere? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I had uh, I had workouts with uh, with Portland Trailblazers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with the uh, Denver Nuggets, and at the time. Seattle's they were still the Seattle Supersonics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh could never crack, you know what I'm saying? Coaches want to bring me in, they work me out, you know, put together a little two-day workout with me and some other players and this and that. Just, you know, they 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 flirted. Um, but I ended up landing in the ABA mm-hmm. playing uh for a couple different teams in the ABA, the American Basketball Association. Um Played on a tour team that, in, you know, did some overseas stuff with, did a little tour in Mexico, uh, tour in South Frankfurt, uh, Germany, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Wingfoots. But as far as like playing like uh, official, like overseas, like, you know what I'm saying, on, on an overseas team, you know, never was, never achieved that level, but definitely still got paid for the game. Uh, Semi pro people, a lot of people will call it. And I was on that path for, let's say I graduated in 2000. So I was on that path 
for about eight years, eight, nine years, till about 2008, 2009. And that's when my body started to get a little tired. And, you know, I was like, man, you know, what am I doing here? And uh, started to try to reevaluate, you know, life and things and the direction I was headed. And that's what led me back to, to coaching, to mm -hmm. coaching high school basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I always wanted, I remember I was sitting down watching the draft. Damn, I wish I could remember the exact year because it had to be 2007. Because right the very next year is when I started coaching. It was a 2007 or 2008 draft. And I remember this particular draft have an influx of picks from overseas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at the time, I heard one of the commentators kind of talk about how there's no talent here in our own backyard. And, you know, a lot of our players aren't fundamentally sound. And when they said that, man, that shit struck a chord with me because I grew up making sure that my game was always fundamentally sound. And I was fortunate enough to come through programs that emphasize that and plan mm -hmm. for coaches that, that stress that. So for him to have said that, I was like, oh, man, no. I got to do something about that. And so I was like, how could I, at what level can I affect this? You know what I'm saying? Have some type of imprint on this for them, you know, to change that narrative. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. that led me back to going back to uh, my old high school, talking to the head coach, Katani, and, you know, asking him if he was open to having me come back and help and coach. And he was like, hell yeah, come on, man. You know, bring all your knowledge and experience give it to these youngsters and then the rest is history on that <laughs> 10, 12 years later. No, I got you, man. That's the, like I said, that's a blessing. And like the fact that you kind of, you know, you knew before you knew, you know, like, I, you know, like sometimes we play until like we basically can't play no more and then try to figure things out. But you knew in the process of playing that, you know what, I'm, I think I'm going to retire and kind of like start working with kids and you know that I can train these kids and move to your next, your next journey, man. It's so, so many of us that struggle. We have no idea what's next for us. So. Hey, it, it, it is it's scary, you know, as athletes, yes, especially when we put a lot of our focus and energy into one thing, right. And that thing either ends abruptly or doesn't pan out the way we want it, yep. you know, uh, but I think knowing who I was, knowing that I had fight, knowing that I had uh, some perseverance within me, all I, I got a strong mind. I just need to figure some things out, you know, think about this mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. do something that I love, you know, that I really enjoy. And there was nothing more that I enjoyed than basketball. So it only made sense, you know, like two and two to help others do with, you know, what I did with a, you know, to help them achieve their dreams the way people help me mm -hmm. is one of the best ways to pass the gift forward and, and, and pay homage to the coming generations. So yes, yes. It, once I was, once I realized that man, it was just a no brainer. Mm -hmm. And you so know? my, I guess my next question for you would be this, like, you know, as far as like, you know, your level of experience that the fact that you did play professional and you did have, you know, like a great career because you, like I said, it's a blessing to make it to the next level, no matter what you do, ABA, overseas, wherever you play, you was getting paid to play. So um, what would your best advice be for the kind of the next generation 
of, of you know, from IGs, Ivan Gardner's. What's, what's, you know what I'm saying? What's, the, what's your advice for them? Man, uh, shoot. You know what? One of the things that, uh, that I think has, has been important for me being able to have opportunity was making sure that I don't burn bridges, you know, uh, cordial and, and, and humble and happy to say everyone that I come across unless they give me reason to do otherwise. Um, networking and, and being, having open doors with people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. will lead to opportunities. Um, and so, you know, you can have a work ethic, you can work your ass off, but if you don't know nobody, you know, it's going to be very, very hard to, to create an opportunity to get a foot in the door. You know what I'm saying? That is true. Uh, that so, is true. You know, keep it 100, man, but, but be respectful to all those that you meet, you know, even if you feel like, uh, you know, oh man, who is this dude? You never know. That may be the dude to come back that got the keys to a door you need to go through. <laughs> Agreed. Like I said, <laughs> oh man, I agree with you 100%. That's why now I'll be like, hey man, how you doing? Who's this guy? Hey, I don't know who the guy is. Hey, how you doing, brother? <laughs> all right, all right. How you doing, man? Because <laughs> you just never know. He could be, this dude could be the CEO of something, you know, of NPC. Like, hey, who are you? Hey, I'm Travis, man. How you doing, brother? All right, just want to just want to introduce myself. You know, so I, I get that, you know, and I, I love the fact that you kind of knew also when to kind of hang hanging everything up. You know, for me, I had no idea. I was just, I almost played to the dang wheels fall off. Then, you know what I'm saying? I was like, God was like, all right, you're done. Focus on your son. Because <laughs> I was like, God, I got five to seven more years left to be a towel guy. I was like, nah, <laughs> you ain't a town guy. You ain't a town guy, dog. You gonna play? You go hoop, and then you gonna retire. I'll give you this energy. I give y'all some energy still. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you this fifteen minutes of just that and the rest town. But God was like, nah, you ain't doing that. So you know, that's what happened with my career after ten years. You know what I'm saying? So, and and that's fine. I know you can attest to this too because every school that I work at, um. Even like different jobs I've had at a company office building, like man, I say what's up to the to the reception. Not just say what's up, but I build relationships with the receptionists, with the janitors, uh-huh. with the clerks. Uh-huh. You know, not just the supervisors and administrators, but everybody, everybody. Man, you know what? As a basketball coach on a campus, a janitor could be your best friend or your worst enemy. Mm-hmm. He got the mm-hmm. keys, to everything. Mm-hmm. You're right, man. 100%. Hey, but you know yeah, that, that you, 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 nothing happens by accident, and you stop probably when when you were supposed to stop. You know, that's how I gotta see it. That's how I gotta see it. Like I was, like I said, I was blessed to play ten. So after the tenth year, when I did play, I was all right. Well, you know, I, my son was three at the time. Um, you know, so it's all good. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, like I said, now it's on to the next thing and doing stuff like this, you know, getting people like you on here, Ivan, man, you know, like to let people know that it's okay. Like we both come from the inner city and we both made it out to be successful, you know, and now you teaching the next generation of kids, you know, to be successful. And that's a great thing, man.
I want to say thank you, Ivan, for coming on the show, my bro. I know you're a little bit busy working out them kids, but I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. And uh, like I said, you know, tell everybody how your journey was and how, you know, you had the highs of highs, learn from your mistakes in Portland State to, you know, to graduating, to playing, you know, ABA, um, you know, getting work, you know, like all that stuff, man. That's like a big thing, brother. Like, um, I want to say, you know, and we didn't we didn't really get into it a lot about your ABA career. Um, what would you say your best year? Like, did you ever think about like maybe I should go overseas, or did you were like I'm gonna just stay with this ABA thing for as long as you play? Um, the 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 ABA thing is what led to my opportunity to play uh, with the exhibition teams. That, that that did take me across the waters to play in these these uh, exhibition tournaments, um, but it was kind of like a stepping stone. Like my whole thing was trying to get to the league, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. um, everything that I was doing was was some kind of like ploy to propel myself to get to that to that level. So you know, playing in the ABA was one of those things where. Um, you know, depending on the, the team you play for, it's going to depend on, you know, if your money is right, but you need to have game tape in that league. Like a lot of people play in the ABA, but if you don't get the tape and so then I had to figure out ways to, to either get the tape from the owners or maybe start like hiring someone to come and do all that, because that is the thing that's going to get you the opportunity overseas or with this agent who wants to bring you into an NBA camp uh, because they wasn't just coming down to watch, you know, ABA games. So did you ever play with anybody, any NBA dudes in the NBA? In the ABA? uh, Man, why am I forgetting his name right now? You know what? We didn't play together, but uh, what's this like? Farmar. Uh, not Jordan Farmar. No, no, no. Tony Farmar. Tony. Okay. Okay. Um, who else? Was anyone else? Uh, you know what? No, yeah. on the team that I played on, there was no NBA dudes. It was just all dudes just trying to hoop and make it, right? I mean, former college dudes, former <coughs> dudes, probably uh some overseas. I don't want to say rejects, but dudes that was trying to do something different. Um, yeah, but pretty much when I was in New Jersey, that's what it was. And then when I left Jersey and came out here to the L.A. Magic, uh, you know, it was a lot of L.A. guards out here and stuff, but none of them had had made it to that level to the league. Uh, Play for an NBA coach, I mean, an NBA player in Gary Grant when I was with the uh, San Fernando Valley legend. Okay, that's, okay. That's probably about as close as it got, you know, to NBA with the ABA with that. No, I got you. Hey, like I said, bro, like when I played overseas, it was like, you know, it was so cutthroat that, you know, like dudes would come in, dudes would come out, you know, and you had to just get, get find a niche. And get on, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's overseas, just like the ABA, you just across that water, it's just different, you know, how they want you to play. Uh, I figure ABA is super high scoring, super high, like athleticism and all that stuff. 
overseas, it wasn't that. Overseas, it was slow down ball, physicality, a lot of good shooting, run offense, you know, not a lot of one-on-one. It's a lot of passing, you know, they want the Americans to score, but Americans score in the midst of the offense. Within the structure, okay. Yeah, like they don't want you coming down, like between the leg, bop, 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 behind the back, bop, 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 you know, pick, you know, shot. They don't want that. <laughs> they don't want that. You don't do that. Um, and the best of dudes was sit. Brandon Jennings, obviously, you remember, he was number number 10 pick in the draft. Yeah. He came over there doing all that. They sat him in Italy. Like, he didn't play a lot, a lot at all. You know, really, dang yeah, yeah, he didn't play a lot at all. It's like you know, they want they want you to run. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They want you to run, run that offense, man. You know, whatever offense they running, and you through the through the course of the offense score, but you gonna run that offense. You know, you ain't gonna you ain't coming down jacking. Now, some teams, the the teams that were like not cheap, but like say mid teams. They would mm-hmm. go get like a lot of Americans, you know. They would have, like, say they would have a budget of one hundred fifty thousand for foreign players. So they would go get five Americans and pay them thirty thousand dollars each, instead of getting three Americans and paying them sixty five or whatever. They would go get five Americans, pay them thirty, and we'd basically have a JC team <laughs> out there in Europe. So, wow. yeah, okay. they would do that a lot, you know. So. Not for me, not for my teams. You know, we would basically have two, but other teams, they would do that a lot. So, um, but nah, man, like I said, I appreciate you coming on here, bro. I appreciate your story. We always ask one question. Um, at one point in your life or career, we always go through low points in our, you know, in our life or career, basketball, sports. You know, how did you get out of that low point? Uh, and like, did somebody help you? Did you get out of it yourself? Uh, I think, let me see. I think one of the low points for me was, was the, the, the tribulation I went through in my freshman year, you know, getting in all this trouble off the court. So, so much to the point where it affected my basketball, you know, status. And um, having to work through that to get to a point to where, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm back in a rotation. And then, like I said, it didn't have to then get thrown back down the pole because when Coach McKay left and the new coach came, who was actually the fourth assistant, so he was there. This motherfucker recruited a junior college point guard over me, which basically, you know, let me know subliminally he didn't have confidence in me. And so, you know, trying to work back up, work back up to then, you know, superseding all of that, like I said, and establishing that that was my team. Um, you know, it took a couple of years, but like I said, I could have been sour about it. I could have been selfish and said, F it, I'm leaving. You know, this doesn't work for me. Y'all ain't messing with me or y'all ain't loyal to me or whatever. And tried to find something else. And so I think, that was uh, me working through that. Let me know pretty much that things can never get too bad. And that no matter how bad things do get, you know, I can work my way out of anything. You know, you always mm-hmm. get to a better mm-hmm. day, better place. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, that kind of built some perseverance and some resolve within me uh, that will never be taken now. 
No, that makes sense, man. That, that's like I said, like, you know, it gives you, it gives you that power of, of like, I can get through anything, you know what I'm yes. saying? I mean, yeah. it's crazy because, I mean, I had teammates that would ridicule me. Obviously, my coaches wasn't down with me for a second. And, uh, you know, all of those things, they, look, when someone tell you, hello, how you doing? Or that's a beautiful shirt, or a beautiful smile. We don't realize how, how far those things can go. And they can go just as far as something negative, you know, or someone telling you something in a, in a not so positive light. Uh, and that can affect your thinking. That can send, that can affect the trajectory of what you now about to think next about something or about yourself. And mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I always stay solid. I always stay self-confident. Never, you know, let these dudes, you know, tell me, oh man, because I'm messing up, I'm this or I'm that, or I'm not good enough or whatever. And like I said, was able to win the trust and win the hearts of those that, you know, probably once was looking down upon me. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, so yeah, if you can do that, then hell yeah, you can do that anywhere, and no. you can do it with anyone. No, that in makes any situation. Sense. That makes sense, man. That makes a lot of sense. And like I said, thank you again, Ivan. Man, I appreciate it. You know, if you want, you know, uh, let everybody know where your social media and all that stuff is, man, so people can see what you're doing, the training. You know, if somebody want to, you know, get you to train their kids or whatever, give you know, give all your information out. Oh, baby. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn, my bad. Um, oh yeah, man. You guys could catch me on uh Instagram at I grind training. That's I-G-R-I-N-D training. Um, where I like to post different training videos and workout videos and tips and tricks and things for health and wealth. Uh Facebook, same thing as I grind training. Uh, if you want to tap into my to my workout world, if you want to tap into my personal world, you can just hit me up at Ivan Garner on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but yeah, man, if you guys want to, you guys looking for someone to train your son or your daughter, you know, as young as five, six, seven years old, all the way up to high school, college, uh, you can give me a call. We can set something up. Uh, if you're looking for to lose some weight or just trying to get into better healthy shape, you know, I'm a personal trainer as well. So put together uh, a workout regimen for you. Hit me up. We can talk about it. Bet that. See, everybody, uh, he does a bunch of things. He has a bunch of things in the hat, coaching, you know, uh, working out, modeling, all this <laughs> stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, like I said, bro, I appreciate it. I always got love and respect for you, my bro. Um, you know, like I said, a, another, you know, great episode. You can catch me next week um, on the Believe Network. And if you want to follow me, follow me at Travis W. Reed on uh, Instagram. That's R-E-E-D, Travis W. Reed. And the same, on, the same thing on uh, Facebook, Travis W. Reed. Also... Uh, you know, the show is on YouTube now. So this show, along with all the rest of my shows, will be on YouTube as well. Um, and so you can just follow me. Like I said, on my social media, I post all the shows when I go on YouTube. The My YouTube channel is called An Athlete's Journey. That means all the shows that you, you're seeing now will all be on YouTube, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that. So catch me. On any of those platforms, and like I said, I'll be posting. If you go to my uh, uh, Instagram page, I have my link tree. 
and you can click on everything. So like I said, we appreciate it. Have so much love for you. Peace. Partners, partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find out the latest news, sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up and use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% discount welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.